0: school is in session. This is Recruiting Daily's Sourcing School podcast. We're recording from HR Tech in Vegas, thanks to our friends and partners at GEM. Sharpen your pencils and get your sourcing pants on, because we have the scoop on sourcing news, recruiting tech, and all the hot topics that you need to learn about. Here's your professor, Ryan Leary, with special guests Shelly Steckerl and Mike Batman-Cohen.
1: Oh yeah, we are back with another episode of Sourcing School here, live from HR Tech. If you feel a hustle bustle, if you hear that hustle bustle in the background, that's not made up in your mind. It is awesome. This is a congregation of amazing thought leaders, and I couldn't be happier to be sitting across the table and getting to to co-host this with Shally.
2: Yeah, man. It's uh, kind of cool out here. There's so many booths and <sighs> so many booths that have names I don't recognize, but yes. if you look them up, you realize it's a name you do recognize. They just crossed
1: it off and changed it with another name. <laughs> it's still kind of exciting, though. I, I love that. Hey, Shelly, uh, you actually were talking about this before we started. I think most people in the space know who you are. I, th- I think that'd be a generous 51% or more people in the recruitment space globally know who you are. Can you share one fun fact about you that they might not know?
2: My 12-year-old son, who's about to turn 13 has just become the youngest black belt in his dojo, which is a 75-year-old dojo with more than 100,000 students.
1: What? Okay, first off, if you're listening to this, congratulations. That's awesome. You rock. What's the the martial arts style?
2: Taido. It's a karate form from Okinawa. Ooh,
1: Ooh, I I love that.
2: So here with us in this magical booth, we have Michelle Preble from Vizier. And Michelle came by to talk a little bit about data. Michelle, tell us about yourself.
0: Hey, how you doing, guys? Um, So, again, Michelle Preble, and uh, I work for Vizier, and I am the director of talent acquisition. I think you're going to ask me about a fun fact. What's the fun fact? I'm Mm -hmm. I'm really kind of mulling over this one, and the best one I think I got is uh, amateur furniture restorer. So I like to hang out in garages.
1: Okay. I That's heard amateur wrestler, in <laughs> amateur wrestler WWE. Amateur wrestler. I was,
2: I was thinking paint thinner, lots of paint thinner and Absolutely. stains.
1: and. What's your, what's your favorite thing you've either worked on or completed so far?
0: Oh, I did a really beautiful... I took an old dining table and then converted it into a coffee table. So that was fun. Ooh, okay. Oh, wow. All
1: right. Um, I love that. Can't wait to see those pictures attached to this recording. Um, so I have this beat up table...
2: That is an antique, Mm -hmm. um, but it's really pretty. What do I do to make it come back to life other than just like old English and elbow grease, which is what I've been trying to do?
0: (laughs) Sand it down and start again
2: with a whole new paint or or stain, stain, okay? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and add some character to it, get a little bit deeper in some spots so it looks like you're just kind of bringing back the antiqueness of it. We're hearing
2: the secrets here, Patina. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm gonna have to do that. Excuse me, I'll be right back.
1: <laughs> Hi. Uh, I'm sitting over here across. I have no idea what's going on. I, I'll cook something mean, but building, nope, nothing thank you. Um, awesome. Shelly, and you kind of touched on the fact that uh, uh, Michelle's in a unique position to come talk to us a little bit about uh, data. And we talked uh, beforehand about like the three things we really want to cover, which is kind of looking at the industry change from this super people-centric network, who you know, shaking hands industry over to like uh, a data-centric industry. Um, looking at like what data is out there and how, how we can use it. Because I, I think we all hear all the time, like make data-driven decisions, like, use data to inform yourself. And it's like, yeah, what data? And then also, how? Uh, and so I think, I think you're in a really unique place to help answer that question. and So we'll start with you by asking, hey, what have you seen as a change in the industry from this people-centric to like, elite data space
0: yeah uh honestly i mean recruitment has been a numbers game as long as i've been doing it which is a which is a fair while um especially in the agency world where you're you know the the main play is hey just talk to more people right like get more people to know who you are um this entire time you're you're collecting all of this incredibly unique data about these people and what they look for and their salary uh, requirements and um you know, identifying trends, but then how do you track that information and then put it somewhere that somebody can access it as opposed to going into systems of record um, and then just reading notes, right? Because it went from, hey, record your conversation and write down what's special for this person and then go back in there and read it when you somehow come across this person in a CRM at some point in the future. And so the way that we've now sophisticated the industry and search is that like, We know how to take data now and push it to people and make it accessible in real time that says like, hey, I'm not expecting you to recall a conversation with a person you talked to six months ago. I'm going to actually give you that data in a searchable form so that you can bring up the people that are most relevant to the job or the the moment in time that you might be actually trying to choreograph.
2: Okay, but this is the biggest obstacle in, in... and analyzing anything related to data okay i i think honestly it's not having access to the data because you could have a spreadsheet full of data um and i get we're more sophisticated than that and we should be especially with all the technology that's available but it's simply lacking the imagination to figure out what to do with it to visualize it so that somebody else understands it that's to me that's the biggest obstacle would you agree
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Right. Like um, when you look at traditional business intelligence tools, like there's always an analyst. There's always this like very complicated row of people that stack up to then end up with a deck that has to get presented to somebody.
2: Visualizes the data. right? Right. That just
0: says, hey, this is how you make sense about it. And now where we've gotten to is that data is accessible to everybody. And it's just like I'm not you don't need to be an analyst to actually understand this because I'm going to through the use of various software tools, I'm going to make sense of this for you and just push that information in front of you so you can understand things like, hey, you know, uh, at-risk employees and attrition rates. And, you know, when in your talent acquisition team, you can use that data to say, you know, things like, hey, this person is more likely to move than that person because of company tenure. Or, hey, they haven't been promoted for a long time. So that's an at-risk person of exit in that organization these are the reasons why you should be potentially reaching out to them. So
2: what do you do? You preload the questions or you preload the, you know, in, in, into the system and then let the system figure it out?
0: A hundred percent. So You have to know
2: what to ask though.
0: Yeah. So you, but like some of the tools that are out there and the way the TA teams are leveraging this data is because all of those, um, all of those, Answers are pre-built into the system. So they are taking oh, all of the okay. biggest trends that are out there. And, and again, this is across the entire employee lifecycle, right? Not necessarily just recruiting, but if we stick on the recruiting side, taking out all of the things that are important for talent acquisition practitioners, baking that into the system so that insights are being pushed to you. Again, it's, it's an intuitive tool with the answers baked into it so that you're just getting the insights. You're not having to go there and say, okay, I have an attrition problem. Like, what do I do when I just have this raw data looking at me? It's saying, okay, well, if you have an attrition problem, here's the reasons why you might have that. And it helps you map it against, you know, the, um, the various reasons why an employee might be leaving that organization.
2: Okay. And it helps you map out aberrations too. Absolutely. Because one of the funniest stories I have about HR technology and talent acquisition data is a story about a client that had um, – decided that they needed to enforce a 40-hour work week because they weren't getting enough productivity from a specific team. Mm-hmm. And they were using their data to come to this conclusion. Right. But after enforcing a 40-hour work week, <laughs> they found out that productivity went down. Mm-hmm. And then they started asking, why did that happen? Because we forced people to actually work more during their time here in the office. And they realized that the reason that productivity had gone down was because there was an individual who had left and everybody else was carrying that person's workload efficiently, but productivity is slightly lower for everyone because everybody else was distributing that person's workload. And by forcing them to work more, they essentially stopped doing that other person's job. Mm -hmm. And now it's backfired.
0: Yeah. And so this is one of the most important things, right, about understanding what your data is telling you. So what's the story and and what's the actionable insight um, to take away from this, right? And and I think that's where the challenge is, is that when you have that string that I was talking about before of all of these different people required to give you that insight versus, hey, industry best best practice baked into something that is then going to give somebody the answer to go and then take the action, right? There's uh, human error is significant when you're working with, you know, Anything that is high touch, right? So um, by having, you know, a software, and to be fair, you you know asked me this great question at the beginning around. How has the industry changed so much? Well, it went from the fact that nobody gave HR or talent acquisition or anybody any tools to work with in the beginning outside of, right. you know, a half-baked CRM to a point where now we are drowning in tools. And so probably the problem now is, hey, what's effective? What does my team need based on the size we are and what our, where our milestones are? Like, hey, what's our growth trajectory and what do I need now versus what do I need when I, you know, hit a different employee number?
1: yeah uh yes uh and and what i'm hearing and listening to both of you guys riff on this which is super cool to sit back and enjoy um is a a big transition was going from uh, acquiring data through conversation to having now access to to this data to now a volume of data that we have access to right particularly with all of these tools that we have so so it's minimal data um tough access to then easy access minimal data to uh tons of data easy access so then the next question logical transition here would be like what is the data that's important for making these types of decisions right because there's you know Shally's point that he brought up about the the tenure piece like what or or the the hour sorry per week um what data should people be looking at and using, or what data have you found in your own experience is most important?
0: Oh, you know, to answer that question, you have to really think about the stage that your company is at and what you're trying to achieve. Right? Like, what's the what's the mandate for the TA team? Are you expanding? Are you maintaining? Are you like, what are you doing right now? And what okay, are, you, where are you trying? So, to get we're to? a six
2: hundred employee company,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and we are trying to grow without breaking our culture.
0: Yeah. Okay. So some of the things that you need to look at are hiring efficacy, right? So what's your sub one year turnover like? So are you selecting the right people in the interview process? And if you are, then you should see a low instance of sub one year turnover, right? So the way Oops. to... <laughs> so, you know, and that's a really important question because it's 600 people. Every hire is still crazy impactful into um, what is living and breathing in the organism in the company, right? Like. The, it's not until you get to the multiple thousands that you know individual effort starts to dissipate a little bit and starts to get lost. Doesn't
2: have as much impact in the overall.
0: Yeah, but, it's, but it's visible. not my fault
2: because he looked good on paper <laughs> and he interviewed really well, but then he left before the year was up. Yeah, and it was really just not a match for him. So how do you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. How, how do you remove the? Is this really something we can fix? versus is this just something that the candidate market is doing because people are kind of using um switching jobs as a way to shop for a career
0: yeah shop for a career shop for a salary increase like there's so many reasons why people are leaving but ultimately depending on on you know again your ta mandate like how are you connecting people to the mission and value within your business and you can track that like you can look at your data and say hey this person actually, you know, had this type of hiring or onboarding experience, for example. They, they attended these sessions or they did, you know, uh-huh. what was okay. their engagement within their onboarding? Those who
2: left before the year didn't do this. Those who didn't leave did this. Yeah. And sure. what if you bookend the data and on the one side you have how long before they leave and on the other side you have how long before they get promoted?
0: Absolutely. So there's risk hmm. of exit data, right? So when you're looking at, um, so again, this is probably, you know, not completely answering your question because we're, we've sort of gone into like an active employee as opposed to that TA um, uh, process up front right, for search. Right. So I'll, I'll definitely get back to that. But um, to answer your question more aptly, risk of exit looks at, okay, when was this person last? Um, when did they last get a pay increase? When's the last time that they were promoted? When's the last time that they had a rev- like a, a performance review? Um, so you can map all of that on this beautiful graph that's called risk of exit and it gives you the likelihood and then it benchmarks them against other employees, right? So you can actually compare them to um, your division or divisions that are like your division within the organization. Um, and, you know, bearing in mind that companies that have, you know, thousands, ten thousands, 100,000 employees, you know, they're all operating as their own individual you know, these departments are almost like their own individual companies in some ways. They don't necessarily have the visibility about what a counterpart might be experiencing. So that ability to actually benchmark yourself against other departments is hugely impactful because then it is just like, okay, well, I can see how my colleagues are experiencing this and then reach out to them and ask them how they um, supported employee growth within their department. But you can also look at industry. So, hey, am I above or below industry? Because... Just because you have attrition, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing, right? Like, everybody looks at attrition like it's a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. People leave. Like, that's part of keeping your organization fresh and learning and developing. So attrition is not necessarily a bad thing. So understand the, you know, understand the story behind the data, right? So you get a number and, hey, it says I've got 25% attrition and everyone goes, oh, my gosh, that's scary. But then if you look up industry benchmarks and the industry benchmark is 35%, well, then you're a rock star because you're a 25.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I. It, so I love this. It, but my brain immediately goes to like, yeah, but how are you getting this data? Because I want you to know that, like, by, and there's no way this is accurate, but, like, in my brain, I'm like, okay, so you're dealing with, like, you know, a 10,000-person company. So there's, like, 10 people locked in a broom closet who have all these columns of information they need, like uh, how many days they've been at the company, where did they work from before that, what industry were they in, and all they do all day is update that information <laughs> with the 10,000 employees and each of their rows. <laughs> so, like, like I, I, well, asking for a friend, um, how... How do companies actually acquire the data to make these decisions that don't involve just, like, hundreds of hours of data input?
0: A hundred percent, right? Like, there's <laughs> there's not some, like, secret room yeah. where there's all of these people just, like, pounding away yeah. on keyboards. No, all of this data is already there. The problem is, is that it exists in disparate systems that don't talk to each other. Tell
1: me so about that. This
0: is not extra work this is about aggregating all of your data and putting into one place that becomes accessible to extrapolate insights right so you don't have to do any more work this data already exists within the company's ecosystem because think of all of those hundreds of you know pieces of software i referenced earlier you have got data from your ats you've got data from your learning management system you've got data from your hris you've got Hmm. all of this data already lists exists within the company's ecosystem, all you're doing is aggregating it into a place where you can actually do something meaningful with it. And that is one of the challenges that HR practitioners have faced for so long is that we have this rich data that exists within company ecosystems and zero ability to leverage it because they haven't had the investment to actually understand that people data is the most important data point within an organization to dictate its success.
1: Ooh, I like that a lot. <laughs> I like that a lot. And, and so, so we're talking about people data, um, which uh, you know, we are discussing beforehand, and you are bringing up people data that I, I wouldn't have even thought of, right? About like your sales projections based on this year's sales goals over last year's that you can predict with some level of accuracy uh, workforce planning for next year. So how, oh gosh, what are the data sources outside of what we normally think of as HR professionals, right? Of, of you know your point, ATS, CRM, et cetera. Um, and then how, how are ways that you're seeing either yourself or, and or clients of your company using that data in ways that maybe we don't think about every day?
0: Mm, yeah, I mean, think, you know, workforce planning, right? It, understanding where, um, when you need to be hiring and how you're filling your pipeline based on where you're trying to get to from a company. So think of my, I would say the easiest um, example would be, um, How do we understand if our sales team at current state can get us our number next year? Well, what if we had the opportunity to bring in, um, like information from Salesforce and information from, you know, say that's your CRM, you know, um, and finance data, what's your quota attainment for those people? Uh, and then you take in data from your marketing team. Hey, what's the lead gen? What's our conversion rates on leads? How much pipeline does our sales team need in order to convert to hit their number? So take that and then layer that on top of uh, performance data on sales reps and average tenure and time to hire, right? You take all of that information, and because that's a lot, right? Like that's a very, that's a chunky... My brain
2: exploded a minute ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is a chunky bit of data to wrap your head around. But think of how powerful that is. If you can take... um, the efficacy of your sales team, and then map that against um, how how long does it take me to hire that person that's amazing? And once they hmm. come into the business, how long does it take them to ramp? So then I can work with my CRO uh-huh. and say, so we
2: can predict how many people we need to hire, so that we end 100%. up with the people that we need, and how long we need to start hiring yeah. so that we have them on time. Exactly. That makes sense. So that is how you can get data to get TA. A seat on the table.
0: Oh, 100%. Absolutely. So you're upfront workforce planning with your CRO to say, hey, based on your sales team right now, you're going to miss your number by X amount. So we need to get in front of that. Or based on
2: your goal to increase sales by 10%. We can even DM. Okay. Yep.
0: And we can bank on X attrition. We can um, X on, you know, bank on X contribution rate from your current reps. And then the TA team then starts the hustle, right? You start building that pipeline and that funnel. Um, so that you can make sure that you've got enough people to bring in for them, you know, the next quarter, the next year.
2: So I got one last question before you leave. <laughs> US, mm-hmm. Perth, Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. More than fifteen years in the industry. What's not changed that surprised you in the last fifteen years in three continents
0: mm-hmm. that has
2: remained the same that you are surprised by?
0: Um, relationships and connecting people to, to mission and, and purpose of an organization. So you're,
2: it surprises you that that hasn't changed
0: in some ways, because there's a lot of people that are talking about, oh, AI is going to replace recruiters and you're not going to need that anymore. And, and that's just not ever going to happen. Humans like humans. I want to talk to someone. I want to know, you know, the question that I get asked every single interview without fail. Tell me about your culture. Nobody wants to hear about culture from a bot. I want an authentic experience. Yes, we have a fun
2: culture. (laughs) Click here to find out more.
0: People buy authenticity. People (laughs) align to organizations based on who they connect with in that interview process. And so that's just never going to change. I wouldn't say I'm surprised, I think. But I think given the amount of heat that comes in around tech is going to replace all of these people and there's going to be no need for recruiters anymore. Nah, not happening. I
1: I love that. Yeah, I, it was so funny. I was just thinking, I was like kombucha, ping pong table, <laughs> booze ball. Um, uh, okay. Clothing optional Fridays. Yeah, yes. Um, so uh, the way I've ended all of these so far is saying, um, we obviously have a bunch of people who are listening to you right now and, and taking all this in. Uh, what would you leave them with? One thing. It doesn't have to be related to data or what we're talking about today, that's gonna to hit them in their mind, their soul, their heart, something that you want them to take away from this.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: I know.
0: What a question. I feel like you could have prepped me on that one. So no, I could say something no, really can't. impactful no, and interesting. no, we want this we want this <laughs> straight from straight from oh, the cuff. Do you know what? Honestly, I probably just did exactly what I'm about to say and being super authentic. Like mm-hmm. I am me every day in every mm-hmm. moment of my job my life, my at work and like, if you want to be good at your job be yourself <laughs> you heard it from
1: Michelle, be yourself everybody else is already taken <laughs> thank you so much for joining us I know it's crazy here You've you got, you're being pulled me. in all these directions so we appreciate having you here and from all of
0: us oh man that means it's over
1: You've been listening to the Sourcing School Podcast live at HR Tech in Vegas. Sponsored by our friends at JAMA. For all other HR, recruiting, and sourcing news, check out recruitingdaily.com.